Let's just thank those who have served us so well. On, on an afternoon, so we're going to get very, very confused. And isn't it great to welcome Chris back after three months in Japan? And who would have guessed that she could get a plug for Alpha in within the first 30 minutes of the first meeting back after being away for so long? I said, where's John? She said, somewhere over Siberia. We, we pray. Well, it's fantastic for us to be able to come together this afternoon on the first of the new year. And let me just read a passage from Scripture. Praise the Lord. For he is... <laughs> well, we're in pantomime season, so let's have some congregational participation here. Praise the Lord. For he has heard my cry for mercy. All right then. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy and I will give thanks to him in song. Now don't worry. I am not going to do that bit literally. But together we give thanks to God in song. The Lord is the strength of his people, a fortress of salvation for his anointed ones, Save your people and bless your... And carry them forever. You know, that is the heart of God. We've been reminded this morning already that we are sheep. So in this season, we can all go bar together on a count of three. Are we ready? Now, this is probably the first time you've done this in this building this year. Quick, quick. One, two, three. Oh, it's sad, but you did that really well. Really well. What I'm wanting to do this afternoon is for us to consider the faithfulness of God to us as a community. And I know there are some visitors here. You need to take the principles of what I'm going to share and apply them in your own situation. Because above all else, we have one who is absolutely faithful to his people and oversees the promises he makes and sees them come to fulfillment. Now, what I would like you to do, I need a member of each household to come and collect a card here from the table, please. Just one member. If you're not speaking to the other members in your household, you're allowed more than one card. But <laughs> now, the reason you haven't been given this earlier, because I know what happens as soon as you get a card, you spend the first part of the meeting reading it, and now what you do is you spend the first part of the sermon ignoring everything that's been said and reading the card and said, Hello, Kadili. Nice to see you. Now, hopefully everyone has access to one of these cards. And we will. There are, there are plenty of them. If you want to take extra ones and pin them on the wall at home, please feel free to. Because these... The verses on these cards represent the promises of God made to us down through the years. I want to give a little bit of a history lesson this afternoon as we celebrate the goodness of God. And I want to go back 30 years this month to 1993. The church was just over 12 years old. We'd planted out into Stockton. 
which then moved over to Middlesbrough. We planted out to Darlington, and we planted out to Newcastle. And they are all thriving communities of faith. They've had their various challenges uh, down through the years, but they are there as a testimony to the faithfulness of God. And we were meeting in the carpet factory. And many of you will remember that experience there. And for those of you who don't remember the carpet factory, it was a vast space. And there were rumors went around about Emmanuel Church meeting in the carpet factory. And I want to share some of these rumors with you this afternoon. One was that we had a machine to simulate the sound and effect of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is the rumor that went around, and I thought, would to God we had. This is not being taped, is it, Joe? Oh, dear. I would like you to discount that last remark. Let the jury, please, wipe it from their memories. But this rumor that we had a machine to simulate the, uh, the sound of the Holy Spirit, this rumor went around. But for those of us in Emmanuel, it was known as a blown gas heater. So we had these massive resonant heaters on the back wall of the building. I mean, you've got to imagine a space far, far bigger than this. And it just made a noise. You cannot shift air without making a noise. But for everybody who wanted to find some excuse to point the finger at Emmanuel, we were simulating the sound of the Holy Spirit. And the other one was that because we viewed that building as being holy ground, you had to take your shoes off when you entered it. Well, yes, predominantly the ladies used to because the dancing was safer without your shoes on. I mean, how many people here try dancing in high heels? <laughs> we shall be having a prayer ministry later on. I, I found it played havoc with your ankles. So you take your shoes off. But there was this rumor went around that we were this weird group. And there was another one that went around that we were the church that would take all your money from you. And I prayed for that one for years. And we still haven't managed it. All of these years later, I went into a shoe shop in Durham, which is now closed. And uh, I have no idea how the conversation started with the shop assistant, but it mentioned that it would go to Emmanuel. Oh, she said, that's the place where they take all your money from you. And I thought, if only that were true. And then I explained to her. I said, well, we do teach tithing. She said, how much is that? I thought, well, we've got a problem here straight away. I mean, the simple concept of tithing. But there was always rumors going on around about Emmanuel. And it came out of the life that we were sharing together in the carpet factory. But 30 years ago this month, it was as if, it was like the, the, the church was on the verge of being shipwrecked. And we had a huge split in the church where over the period of three or four weeks, we lost half of the membership. And it was a very, very difficult time. So the membership had been, was reduced to about 60 people. Now remember, it had been much greater than that, but we'd planted out several churches. The children's work that had been thriving was reduced to perhaps a, 10, a dozen 
children spanning all ages. And if you're involved in children's work, you know, it's difficult when you only have two or three in each particular age group. It's all right if you've got, it's easier if you've got 10 or 12 in one group. But when it's spread out, it's a real challenge. And I can remember on a Sunday morning gathering in the carpet factory, waiting for the congregation to arrive. And a young man called Charles Newby. How many remember Charles? Oh, marvelous. Charles Newby came across and he said, but this is the church. Oh, he's, he's right. So we'd halved in the period of a few weeks. December. Sorry, January, uh, January 1993. So, in this season of congregational participation, I would like you to stand up if you were in Emmanuel in December 1992. Please, just right now, stand up and just wave around to all these young people sitting around you and say, yes, I am that old. Oh, yes, I am. Right, thank you. Now, into this situation, God spoke very powerfully. And this is where I want you to look at the Jeremiah 30 reference there. And I want us to read through this together. Because God gave this promise to us in Emmanuel way back then when all of the circumstances were against us. Everything seemed to be working against us, but God spoke. And it was David Bullman who brought this. And it was a case of, you know, when the written word of God has the power of the Spirit breathed upon it, and it becomes the now word of God for an individual or a community, faith rises, hope comes, strength comes. And that's what happened when this verse came to us. That in the middle of a dark situation, God has spoken. And faith, strength, and comfort, and encouragement was the result. Which is what we should be seeking from the prophetic word of God. So let's read through this together. Ready from verse 18. This is what the Lord says. I will restore the fortunes of Jacob's tents and have compassion on his dwellings. The city will be rebuilt on her ruins and the palace will stand in its proper place. From them will come songs of thanksgiving and the sound of rejoicing. I will add to their numbers and they will not be decreased. I will bring them honor and they will not be disdained. Their children will be in, as the days of old, and their community will be established before me. Now, you know, it's easy for us to read that passage today as we gather together, a growing church, and look back over the wonderful faithfulness of God over these 30 years. But way back in that January of 93, everything pointed to the fact that this was not going to happen, but God's word came. And can I say to us, as a people of God and as individuals, we need to hang on to every promise that God has made. And we need to see it through and pray it through until it comes to pass. And the timetable will not necessarily be the timetable we want. Now, I had a timetable for the restoration of Emmanuel. And it was 12 months. And it didn't happen. And then I reviewed the timetable. 
Let's go for 24 months. And it didn't happen. And I don't know if anyone remembers Clive Chernick, who was leading the Darlington Church at the time. But Clive had words of wisdom. And Clive had gone through a similar situation before. And he said it takes about three years to turn a city for a situation to be turned around. And when I heard that, again, it was like the word of God coming and lifting a pressure because I felt as if it was, I had to work harder to do it. Now, I've never been one for working harder. In fact, in all honesty, I've never been one for working. But that's just the way it is. So it was like this weight was lifted and suddenly it's all in God's hands. And do you know when that weight was lifted, freedom came. And it was almost as if it allowed God to come in and do what God was going to do. And three years on, we started to see how things were turning around. And the church started to grow steadily and surely until we get to where we are today. Fourteen years ago, we moved into this building. Fourteen years come February. And when you consider that promise from Jeremiah that I will add to their numbers... Their numbers will not be decreased. Their children will be as and the, their children will be as in the days of old, and their community will be established before me. God has fulfilled that promise for us, and we need to rejoice each and every time we come together. That not only has He fulfilled that, but He hasn't finished with us yet. How many people here? have started coming to Emmanuel over the last 12 months. Would you stand, please? If you started coming here, come on. It's not, I'm not, I'm not going to embarrass anyone yet. How many people have started coming to Emmanuel over the last five years? Now you stay, stand, more check, you stay, because one leads to five, you see, in my maths. Now, fortunately, John is over Siberia. He's not here. Now, look what God is doing. Thank you very much. That, that wasn't difficult, was it, really? But we've seen how God is, has and is fulfilling this prophetic word. But we do not rest simply on that word of 30 years ago. For over the page, there is another one. And if, please look at the typing error. Can anybody spot the typing error in Isaiah 54? There's something missing. Little dash. Because it's two to three. And you know, when you read something, and then you print it out, that's the point you realize something's wrong, isn't it? You never... You never Find it. You never find every problem before you've actually printed the thing. It's one of those laws. But here we have a promise. And this promise from Isaiah is a promise that we are working on even today as we look to all that God has got for us in 2023. Because this word from Isaiah hasn't simply been brought to us once. It's been brought to us again and again and again. And I think it goes back, way back to when... uh, Ginny Bergen visited us some years ago. But it was also brought to us a matter of three or four weeks ago when we had some visitors from Selby and Ange uh, Ward, who was a prophetic gift from Selby. She sent a message 
with these visitors. And I read out part of that message. And part of that message was Isaiah 54. So let's read through this together. Ready? One, two, three. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in the desolate cities. This is a promise of God for increased growth. Now, some people say numbers don't matter. If you know me, I'm useless at maths, but I love to know how many people turn up on a Sunday because I'm sad. And we can't afford a television. And I just ruminate and consider these numbers in the dark hours of the night, huddled under the blankets because we can't afford TV. We're taking up an offering now, folks, just, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> but when we, when we look at this, I believe God is interested in numbers. If you want proof, look at the Bible. There's a book called Numbers. Boom, boom. And people say, well, you know, 40 really committed people are better than 400 non-committed people. And I absolutely agree. But we're not going for 400 people who are not committed. We're going for 400 people who are totally committed to the plans and purposes of God. And granted, 400 committed people are better than 4,000 who aren't. But let's go for the vision that God has given us to see it fulfilled in these next few years. And so this message came some years ago. Partly as a response to that message, we bought the building over the road. And work starts this coming week. We're going to have heat in the building in the next few months. But we can't afford to pay for it. Hey! Now, we can't afford to pay for the system. We just can't afford to pay the electricity bills. Hans, is anyone here whose electricity bill has gone down? Word of knowledge, that. <laughs> so as we press into God, we're looking to God for increase in order that this community impacts the entire region. That we are a people whom God uses to bring others into the kingdom, possibly even through Alpha. But he does have other ways as well. And this has got to come as a revelation to Chris. She hasn't worked on the other ways yet, but she's working on it. We'll bring revelation to her now that she's back with us. We'll sit her in a darkened room and won't allow her to come out. But we, we have this vision to be this resource center, a kingdom resource center, bringing people in from right across the region in order that we encounter Jesus in Durham City. Many of us don't live in Durham City. We live in the outer villages. And that's fantastic. Because as we leave from here, it's a ripple of God's presence going with us and impacting the villages where we are. And we need to be praying into those situations. And so God has been faithful. As we look back over these last 30 years and more, we see the faithfulness of God has been worked out step by step. And the God who was faithful yesterday 
who is faithful today and will be faithful tomorrow. And as we were singing those songs about time of desperation, it is a desperate situation out there in the world. But as the people of God, we do not share in that desperation. For Jesus is sovereign. Jesus will have his way. And our confidence does not rest in what's going on around us, but rests in the security of knowing that Jesus has gone before us. He goes with us to protect us by him. And we must not allow ourselves to be dragged out into the hopelessness that we find and despair that we find around us. But we need to be those who speak the truth of Jesus into hopeless situations. Because the world needs that more and more and more. I've never known a time when we all face exactly the same challenges. Rising energy costs. doesn't matter where we... And every one of us is facing this. When we look at the world around us and the war that is going on, you think of the changes that have taken place over these last 12 months in the world around us. The war in Ukraine, which shows no sign of coming to an end. And for those who do not know Jesus, they have a good right to be in despair. But let's not be dragged down. Jesus has not abdicated authority. He is with us. And he is with us to bless. All that he asks is that we keep close to him, follow his leadings with our eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith, and see what he will do in 2023. Let's stand together. If we could have the band back, James, please. Thank you, Lord. Andrew, you come and pray for us, please. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness throughout the years to each of us, whether we have been part of this body or whether we're new here today. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. But Lord, we thank you that is a faithfulness that continues to tomorrow. And Lord, we want to put our faith in you today and say, Lord, we trust you as our shepherd. Lord, we thank you that you will lead us. You promise to lead us. Lord, we thank you also, though, that not only are you the shepherd who leads us, you're the shepherd who gave your life for each one of us, Lord. And each one of us can stand and say that without you, we would be lost in our sins. So, Lord, we want to thank you today that you're our saviour as well as our shepherd. And we want to thank you for all you've done. And Father, we just want to pray you would lead us on. Strengthen us, we pray. Strengthen our faith, Lord, that we can follow you this year. Looking to you, Jesus, as the author and perfecter of that faith. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Well, well fitting for what we're trying to do facing going forward. Um, you may know it. It's called Humble King. It's an old vineyard song. But it has a, a second verse which, which is seasonal, which I thought was quite nice to tack on the, on the end. So.
So, Father, we do thank you for this time together right at the very beginning of this year. And we give ourselves afresh to you now that you will have your way in and through us and we'll press in to all that you have got for us in this coming year to the glory of your name. Amen. Now, I would ask to take for you to take these with you. If you want another one, we've got plenty down here. But the idea of putting them on card is that you can prop them up somewhere and pray them through. Because God has not finished. We want this to be an active promise among us that we will not miss out on anything that God has for us. Refreshments served there in the foyer. And we look forward to seeing you all next week when we will have John with us. Glory. Have a very, very good week.